Welcome to Clippings, the official podcast of the Council for Nail Disorders, where Drs. April Schachtel and Catherine Stiff take a closer look at articles and clippings published on all things nail disease. Listeners can suggest articles for this podcast or topics of discussion by sending an email to kristen.cnd at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Hello, and welcome to episode 30 of the Clippings Podcast, where we review nail papers and share them with you. I'm April Schachtel, and I'm joined today by my co-host, Catherine Stiff. Hello, April. All right. My article today is titled, Trends in Hair, Skin, and Nails Supplement Use, Data from the National Health and Nutrition Examination Survey 2011 to 2020, and this was published in the Journal of American Academy of Dermatology and will be in the July 2023 issue. The authors are Nicole Trepanowski, Kevin Moore, Daniel Kim, and Rebecca Hartman from Boston. The authors examine the characteristics and trends of supplements for hair, skin, and nails using that NHANES data. Notably, this is all pre-COVID data. Response rates to the survey ranged from 51 to 72%, so pretty good. The outcome they were tracking was past month hair, skin, and nail, which they abbreviated as HSN use. And the outcome was designated as a 30-day self-reported consumption of vitamins, minerals, herbals, or other dietary supplements for healthy skin, hair, or nails. They looked at sociodemographic info and excluded those who had any missing data. There were 41,000 participants in this survey that were included, and 3.9% reported using hair, skin, or nail vitamins in the past month. Those participants who did use those supplements in the past month were often younger and most likely to be in the 20 to 39-year age group and were more likely to be female. Participants who are Black or Hispanic slash Latino were more likely to use supplements compared to non-Hispanic white individuals. Also, people with more than a high school education were more likely to report use of the supplements than those who didn't graduate high school. There was also a very clear trend towards more supplement use over time, with the odds of using supplements doubling in 2020 compared to 2011. Those rates went from 2.5 to 4.9%. So there is no doubt some contribution to this, the fact that supplements are a multi-billion dollar industry, and these hair, skin, and nail supplements specifically are commonly promoted by social media influencers and celebrities. However, there's very limited data to support use of these supplements, and there are significant risks. High-dose biotin is one of the most common components of these supplements, and it can interfere with thyroid and cardiac function tests, among others which we have previously discussed on this podcast and has also prompted a U.S. Food Drug Administration warning a few years ago. Also, in the past, best-selling collagen supplements have been found to be contaminated with heavy metals, including arsenic, lead, mercury, and cadmium. Limitations to this study include the reliance on self-reported data and lack of information about which specific supplements were taken and the reasons for use. But I would take away the information for anyone who's providing patient care that there's a very good chance your patients are using these supplements and they may or may not tell you that or volunteer that information before you ask. There's a big opportunity here for providing evidence-based information on skin, hair, and nail care to our patients 
that will keep them safe and also help save them money from these supplement companies. Yes, very good point. (laughs) All right, Catherine, tell us what you read about. Okay, so I will discuss the article Median Canaliform Nail Dystrophy in a Two-Year-Old Boy, Case Report and Review of the Literature by Drs. Wilson, Kahn, and Murrell, published in Pediatric Dermatology, November of 2022. So median canaliform dystrophy presents as a midline longitudinal split with an inverted fir tree pattern and is most common on the thumbnails. Other fingernails or toenails may be affected. It is an acquired condition resulting from a temporary defect in the nail matrix that interferes with nail formation. It's been recorded with medications such as isotretinoin, olotretinoin, and the HIV treatment ritonavir, but is more often due to direct nail trauma, and familial associations have also been reported. The pathogenesis of repetitive trauma is similar to that of habit tick deformity. However, habit tick deformity presents with transverse ridges along the central nail plate, depression instead of the longitudinal groove with lateral projections seen with median nail dystrophy. Treatment is typically avoidance of trauma, topical tacrolimus, tazeratine cream, or topical or intralesional corticosteroids. These authors report a case of a two-year-old boy with bilateral great toenail plate splitting consistent with median nail dystrophy. They applied a two millimeter semi-compressed felt pad with marigold anti-hyperkeratotic paste and advised the parents to keep the dressing on for one week. At day seven, the nails had softened and the clearing crack was diminished. The area was debrided using a nail file. The parents were provided with the marigold cream to use at home daily and padding was applied. 15 weeks after starting treatment, the nails had nearly completely grown in normally and the treatment was discontinued. I wanted to look into the use of marigold more. So I reviewed the article, The Use of Marigold Therapy for Podiatric Skin Conditions by Robert Hadfield, Tracy Vlahovic, and Tariq Khan, published in the Foot and Ankle Journal in July 2008. Marigold therapy was first described in the podiatry literature as a treatment for plantar hyperkeratotic lesions in 1980. The tagetes species of marigold is strongly keratolytic and allows for treatment of veruca and hyperkeratotic plantar lesions. There are photos with some impressive results in the article. It's demonstrated efficacy in reducing hyperkeratotic lesion width, length, and pain compared to placebo and pads without marigold in randomized controlled trials. Marigold has analgesic properties through reduction of prostaglandins, and flavonoids present in marigolds have keratolytic, antiviral, antibacterial, and antifungal properties. The authors also discussed the use of an extract from the calendula species of marigold for venous stasis ulcers. 
Of note, the over-the-counter creams advertising Marigold will not have the same effect as what is seen in these trials, most likely. Uh, In the trials, a Marigold paste was developed by um, Tafik and Tariq Khan and is sold directly to podiatrists in the United Kingdom. According to this article, prescribers must be certified in the use of Marigold products from the company Marigold Foot Care to receive this paste and, dip- and dispense it to patients. I could not find a way to access it or um, look into that further, but to me, it seems like this Marigold extract paste would be a great option to have for patients besides our typical urea, ammonium lactate, and salicylic acid creams. So hopefully it becomes more widely available soon. And it looks like one of our fellow CND members, Dr. Tracy Blahovic, is the second author on this paper. So we can reach out to her for more information about her experience using Marigold. Yeah, that would be really interesting. With the first paper, the case report, I was thinking, gosh, a placebo-controlled arm would be really nice here because, you know, filing the nail down and putting an emollient on it and covering it seems like maybe could have been helpful on its own. Mm -hmm. So it's good to hear that there's been some placebo-controlled studies in the past that support the Marigold use also. Mm -hmm. All right. Catherine, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Clippings. I want to thank our listeners for their attention. To all our listeners, please share this podcast with your colleagues and trainees. Let us know how we're doing and which articles you'd like us to review on this show by contacting kristen.cnd at gmail.com or find us on Instagram and Twitter at Nail Disorders. 